Oh, shut. I want to share. Okay. Can you see my uh, screen, my slideshow? Okay. Oh, you're not, uh, you don't have permission to record yet? Oh, Govinda Dasi. Oh, of course. Um, okay. Um, I'm okay, so. Dasi allowed to record. Thank you. Somehow or other, I didn't include that in my notes. I'm going to add that right now. Okay, thank you. Okay, so. Um, The first thing I want to do, I want to do a little catching up from last weekend and apology. I missed a step in preparing the, um, the uh, all the, uh, you know, going through, going through all the, the checklist for the, um, For this uh, the Zoom thing, and I forgot to share my slideshow, and I don't know how to um, undo that mistake. So I was assuming that everybody would, last week. I was assuming that everybody was seeing my slides, and um, that was not the case. Um, so that was a little embarrassing. I got onto Facebook and went to look at it, and there's my face taking up the whole screen, which is just um, embarrassing. So that was one thing. And there was um, a thing, something about the Nimbarka Sampradaya that I missed, um, which is one of the uh, more prominent um, modern expressions that we see of the Nimbarka Sampradaya. I mentioned that they're quite active in Vrindavan. And they're especially active uh, with the with the um, a Bunky Bihari temple. Bunky Bihari um, is uh, he's he's uh, probably the Nimbarka uh, Sampradaya's best known contribution to uh, life in Vrindavan nowadays. And he's very um, popular and. Uh, you know, usually, you know, you know, usually it's the wrongs, as far as I remember, um, who visit Bunky Bihari. So I just wanted to um, uh, make sure I mentioned those two things yesterday. So today's presentation in our series on the four uh, Vaishnava Sampradayas, uh, which I've called a brief introduction to the schools of bhakti, is uh, the Shiva Sampradaya. Um, or Rudra Sampradaya. Okay, it's not playing. It's supposed to play. That's better. So, um, 
Last week, we covered the Kumara Sampradaya. Uh, this week, the Shiva Sampradaya, which is also known as the Rudra Sampradaya, the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya, um, and um, especially in modern times, the Vallabha Sampradaya. Um, and the Vallabha Sampradaya is also known, as we'll see, um, as the Pushti Marg. Um, and one of the um, one of, one of the uh, the things that we'll we'll discover along the way. Um, well, anyway, so they're they're now uh, they're now known uh, mostly as the Pushti Mark, which is as far as most folks can tell, the um, pretty much the modern expression um, of this sampradaya. We don't see. Um, old school Vishnu Swami Sampradaya type folks, Rudra Sampradaya type folks um, uh, who follow Vishnu Swami's uh, Sarva Gyabhasya, uh, because as we'll see, um, um, uh, Vallabhachari himself also wrote um, uh, a fairly, I guess what looks to me like it's probably a fairly voluminous um, commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. Uh, and that's called Anubhashya or uh, Brahma Sutra Anubhashya. Um, and it's in several volumes. I have that on a slide uh, that we'll see in a few minutes. The teachings, the tattva of the um, Rudra Sampradaya is called Shuddha Dvaitavad or purified monism. Uh, and we'll take a look at that um, shortly. Okay. So to to re whoops to recap, uh, we have this a verse from the Gargasam, this excerpt from the Gargasamhita that tells us uh, Vamana Brahma Anantashesh and Sanaka Kumar will appear as Brahmanas by the order of Vishnu for the preservation of eternal righteousness in Kali Yuga. Vishnu Swami, Madhvacharya, Ramanuja, and Nimbaditya will appear respectively as a portion of Vamana, Brahma, Anantashesh, and Sanaka Kumar. These four saviors will be the establishers of the four authorized and empowered spiritual channels of disciplic succession. In the period calculated from the reign of Vikrama, in 54 BC, subsequently through the 432,000 year cycle of the Kali Yuga. These four authorized and empowered spiritual channels of disciplic succession are to be fully accepted by all beings as any word combination of word formulation of sound frequencies invoked or addressed audible or inaudible, secret or revealed, ancient or contemporary outside their auspices will prove to have absolutely no efficacy. So we hear this strong language of the um, Shastras. And then um, my reminder that um, in um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Navadvip Tam Mahatmya, um, he has Lord Chaitanya telling Nimbarka that um, he'll take, he will accept uh, two essential principles from each of the um, four sampradayas. And so from the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya, he says, Vishnu hoiti duisar koribasvikar tadiya sarvasvabhava raga marga ar. From Vishnu Swami, I will accept the sentiment that Bhagavan Sri Krishna alone is my everything. Tvadiya Sarvasvabhava and the path of spontaneous devotion, Ragamarga. And we'll see later um, that, um, well, we'll see how these are expressed in, um, especially in uh, Vallabhacharya's teachings and um, especially the Ragamarg. The Ragamarg is acknowledged um, also in the um, in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu at the toward the end of the um, second chapter of the first uh, 
division, um, Eastern division of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, um, as including, um, as in uh, the Ragamarga, uh, uh, it's uh, accepted by Srila Rupa Goswami as including um, the Pushti Mark. So we'll see that when we get there. So um, I opened our, the discussion of the Shiva Sampradaya or the Rudra Sampradaya with a quote from the fourth canto, Srila uh, Prabhupada's purport to a verse in the fourth canto of the Bhagavatam. Lord Shiva is known as the greatest devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is known as the best of all types of Vaishnavas, Vaishnavanam Yata Shambhu. Um, this is um, a verse from the Bhagavatam itself, a line, uh, actually a pada from a verse in the Bhagavatam itself. Um, so, uh, and, and Srila Prabhupada continues, consequently, Lord Shiva has a Vaishnava Sampradaya, the disciplic succession known as the Rudras Sampradaya, just as there is a Brahma Sampradaya coming directly from Lord Brahma, the Rudra Sampradaya comes directly from Lord Shiva. He says, Lord Shiva is one of the great personalities, 12 great personalities, as stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So he's taken this verse from the sixth canto where these uh, 12 Mahajanas are named. Svayambhu Narada Shambhu Kumara Kapilo Munu Palado Janako Bhishmo Balar Vayasakayar Vayam. There are 12 great authorities in preaching God consciousness. The name Shambhu means Lord Shiva. So he's pointing out how Shambhu, how Shiva is named in this verse as Shambhu. His disciplic succession is also known as the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya. And the current Vishnu Swami Sampradaya also, is also known as the Vallabha Sampradaya. The current Brahma Sampradaya is known as the Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. So even though Lord Shiva appeared uh, to preach Mayavad philosophy, um, at the end of his pastime in the form of Shankaracharya, he preached the Vaishnava philosophy. Bhajagovindam, Bhajagovindam, Bhajagovindam Mudhamante. He stressed worshiping Lord Krishna or Govinda um, three times in this verse and especially warned his followers that they could not possibly achieve deliverance or mukti simply by word jugglery and grammatical puzzles. If one is actually serious to attain mukti, he must worship Lord Krishna. That is Sripad Shankaracharya's last instruction. So, um, the reference. So we see here the reference here is to Lord Shiva's appearance um, as uh, Shankara, also another name for Lord Shiva. Uh, but Shankaracharya. Uh, Lord Shiva is, is uh, said to have told Parvati that in the Kali Yuga he would appear um, as a Brahmana and he would teach from what he called Asat Shastra. So non-eternal Shastra. He would create some non-eternal Shastra. And this is um, Shankaracharya's uh, Sharidaka Bhashya or his, um, his commentary on the Vedanta Sutra, which teaches the Kevala Dvaita um, philosophy that, that we understand as uh, um, among the Vaishnava Sampradayas, the much reviled Mayavadi uh, teachings. And this is where the um, chorus joins in with hissing and booing. Um, um, so Shankaracharya, you know, he's set up as a sort of, um, uh, not exactly a villain, but, you know, kind of a, an antagonist and the Vaishnava Acharyas, um, including Vish Vishnu Swami, appeared in, to, in different ways, refute um, the Mayavad philosophy of, uh, of Shankaracharya. 
So that's a little problematic considering the timeline of, um, uh, of, of, of Vishnu Swami because he predated the appearance of, um, uh, of Lord Buddha, uh, as we'll see. He appeared, Vishnu, this is a, a kind of a typical representation of Vishnu Swami. He, there, the, um, the timeline on Vishnu Swami is a little complicated by the fact that in the lineage, there were three Acharyas um, named who, who became, uh, two of whom later became named Vishnu Swami. Um, the Adi Vishnu Swami, the original Vishnu Swami, whom we traditionally accept as the um, foundational Acharya um, of the Rudra Sampradaya, appeared about the third century BCE, um, shortly after uh, Krishna's appearance. And uh, he appeared in South India. There's not a, a lot known about him. There's more known by the later Acharyas, um, known as Vishnu Swami. I think one was a, appeared in the eighth century and another in the maybe 14th century of the common era. And um, so um, the Adi uh, Vishnu Swami appeared in the third century before the common era. So that would be shortly after the time of Krishna's um, appearance. So we would have to assume that one of the other, one of the later Vishnu Swamis is, is the Vishnu Swami who came up with their reputation um, of the Sharira Pasha. The worshipful deity of, of Vishnu Swami Sampradaya has um, been Lord Nrsinghadev until, um, until more modern times. Um, be, uh, as I mentioned, we don't see many expressions of this um, Sampradaya, the ancient form of this Sampradaya um, in, in modern times. Vishnu Swami's also said to have begun the tradition of Tridandi Sanyas and the 108 Sanyas names that we see, these are listed in the Gaudiya Kantahara. These are said to, be, have, a, uh, said to have been attributed to uh, Vishnu Swami. And so these 108 names include the 10 names that uh, were adopted by um, uh, Shankaracharya the as part of his Dashanami um, tradition. So those are ancient names like um, uh, Giri, uh, Vana, um, Ashram, um, and, and a few others. So th this is tradition, these names and this tradition of Tridandi Sanyas is um, traced back to Vishnu Swami. Um, I'd like to point out, though, that even in the in the Srimad Bhagavatam, we see some reference to Tridandi Sanyas in um, the pastime given in the eleventh canto of the uh, the Brahmana of Avanti. Uh, this Brahmana of Avanti is, as many of us know, is a very very wealthy uh, Brahmana, but he was also very um, stingy. Um, he, uh, it, it said in the Bhagavatam that he wouldn't even spend money <clears throat> on his own sense gratification. So because of this characteristic, everybody turned against him and eventually uh, started stealing his wealth until he was left with nothing. And eventually he realized his real his actual situation as simply a miserable human being and um and uh accepted sannyas and is described in in uh the bhagavatam as uh, carrying a triveni uh, which means three three rods or three reeds together um so this this tridanda uh tridandi's uh, uh sannyas tradition um is also seen in Srimad Bhagavatam, but as a um, as a sort of institution 
Um, this is traced to, um, to Vishnu Swami. The, our great commentator on the Bhagavatam, Sridhar Swami, who we often refer to as the ancient Sridhar Swami because uh, we want not to confuse him with our uh, Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dev Goswami. Um, uh, he was not that ancient. He was maybe uh, 13th or 14th century uh, sannyasi, also said to be um, a sannyasi in the Rudra Sampradaya. Um, the teaching of Shuddha Dvaita, uh, I kind of boiled it down to uh, it, you know, its ma uh, main essential ingredients. Um, so Shuddha Dvaita means pure non-dualism, Shuddha Advaitavad. So what um, that refers to is um, an essential identity between the soul and God between the jiva and, and the param brahma. So they're both brahman. And so they're identical in their, um, in their essence. However, unlike the, uh, the Kevala Dvaita teaching, the, uh, the um, Shuddha Dvaita Vada Vishnu Swami and, and subsequently Vallabhacharya and his followers recognizes the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the whole and the jiva as a part, uh, an angsha. And he also gives a, a comparison, um, as, as we do, of sparks and, and the fire. Sparks and fire have the same essential um, substance, and they, they have similar characteristics, heat and light. But the sparks come from the fire, and they're anu, they're tiny. Um, whereas the fire is the source and it's great. The um, Shuddha Dvaitavad also teaches that everything, including the material creation, is uh, Krishna's Leela. Of course, we see that in the Bhagavatam, uh, that the material creation is um, uh, the Lord's Srishti Leela, his Leela of, of creation. So this is also part of his play. And um, also um, in agreement with the um, teachings of the Bhagavatam, that everything is identified in, a, in at least one sense with Krishna himself. And we learn in, in the second canto of the Bhagavatam, um, sometimes we talk about the... Um, um, Lord Chaitanya, and we'll talk about more about more about this uh, at our last meeting when we talk about the Madhva Sampradaya, our Sampradaya. We talk about the um, the uh, teaching of um, Achintya Beda Beda as um, being Lord Chaitanya's teaching, but Lord Chaitanya didn't exactly make it up. I think Jiva Goswami coined the phrase, coined the term, but um, the teaching is actually not just not there just in the Bhagavatam, but it's in the Rig Veda, because we see a chapter in the second canto of the Bhagavatam. And that second canto is, is meant to teach us how everything in this world is identified in a sense with Krishna, because it's one of Krishna's energies. And as we see in the chapter called Purusha Supta Confirmed, that these energies are non-different from Krishna himself. Um, and so Purusha Supta, Purusha Supta is a, a collection of prayers in the Rig Veda, which is the oldest of the Vedas, as I remember it. And um, so this uh, Achintya Veda Veda Tattva is actually the oldest teaching of the Vedas. Um, it's because it's there in the Rig Veda, and it's confirmed in the second canto um, uh, of Srimad Bhagavatam and explained um, more carefully by Srila Jiva Goswami um, in his Sandarbhas. So everything is Krishna's, I mean, you know, in a sense, everything is Krishna's Leela. So everything is identified with Krishna. Um, 
uh, they often also compare it to the gold in the gold mine. Uh, the gold mine is the source of the gold and the gold is the same thing. Um, and I, I remember once um, talking with a, a friend of mine who found herself identifying quite strongly with the Pushti Marg. And I can understand um, uh, any number of reasons why devotees might find, uh, might find that attractive. Um, you know, that uh, she, she, this one devotee uh, um, shared her opinion with me that Vallabhacharya's teaching was perhaps higher than Lord Chaitanya's. And I said, well, I don't know about that. My understanding of the Shuddha Dvaita Vad is that everything is Krishna. But our understanding is that everything is Krishna's. Everything belongs to Krishna. So everything that is Krishna implies that everything should be used in Krishna's service. And the Pushtimarg devotees are quite um, expert at this. They, um, they're very uh, well developed in the, in, in the arts, um, in making cultural presentations of, of, of Krishna Leela and their decorate, their worship of of their deity, Srinachi, who we'll meet toward the end, um, is nothing less than spectacular. Srila Prabhupada says, Vallabhacharya worships uh, Krishna with great pomp. And, um, but um, our teaching is, uh, uh, seems to imply that everything is Krishna's and therefore it must be used. This is how I was seeing it back then. This was probably about 25 or 30 years ago, that everything is Krishna's, so everything belongs to Krishna, so therefore it must be used in Krishna's service, a kind of a, a little subtle difference. Um, and that, uh, you know, by minimizing um, Mahaprabhu and his, and his teachings, that we miss um, the glory of Kirtan, although not entirely because Vallabhacharya taught that um, uh, Vishnu Swami and following him Vallabhacharya teach that the path of spiritual perfection is bhakti. Um, and he specifically mentions the nine angas of bhakti. And um, there's a con um, considerable emphasis on self-surrender or Atmani Vedana, which we'll see is a common thread um, running through all four of the sampradayas. One thing I hope that, that we all um, are able to um, draw from our discussions, as brief as they are, on these four sampradayas is the kinship among these four schools um, of bhakti. The differences um, are certainly there. Um, some subtle, some some more subtle than others, some um, a little more obvious, as we'll see next week when we look at the Sri Sampradaya, which is not um, a Ragmarg Sampradaya. It's it's uh, uh, quite explicitly a um, a, a Vaidhi Marg Sampradaya, uh, and their uh, their goal, even though it's Vaikuntha Prem, they refer to it as Moksha. So their, attain, their actual goal will be something a little different than the um, Rudra Sampradaya and the uh, uh, Madhvagodhya Sampradaya um, aspire for. But still, we see that self-surrender is a thread that runs through all these schools. And it's part one of the things that ties all of them together in that kinship that I um, mentioned. So in the modern age, the expression that we have of the um, Vishnu Swami or Rudra Sampradaya is the uh, Sampradaya coming from Vallabhacharya, um, known as the Pushti Mark. So Vallabhacharya was more or less a contemporary with uh, Lord Chaitanya. He was a little older. Um, um, you know, maybe it looks like, uh, uh, you know, six, seven years older than Lord Chaitanya. 
Uh, he is one of the great um, figures in the uh, kind of bhakti renaissance that uh, took place um, over uh, three or four centuries um, in what we might consider the Middle Ages. Um, he was one of the great figures along with, um, uh, oh, the names just escaped me. Um, anyway, uh, along with a number of others, Guru Nanak and, um, uh, and, and, and others. Um, and he was born um, in 1479 in Champaran. And we'll see there in, in um, some discussion from Srila Prabhupada that there are a couple of different um, ideas about where he appeared. Um, but traditionally, they accept him as having been born in Champaran, which is now the Rajpur district. Um, his family actually had been living in Varanasi, um, but they left while, um, while Vallabha's mother was um, pregnant with him um, because they were expecting an attack by the Mughals, uh, by the uh, Muslims. It didn't happen right then, um, but still they relocated. In his youth, I think hmm, by the age of 11, he had already um, developed uh, a, a very strong reputation as a scholar and a debater. Um, his intention was to live a, a celibate life, but his deity instructed him to marry. So he married and he had two sons. Um, uh, Vital Nath and, uh, and Govinda. Uh, actually, um, the uh, Pushtimar devotees um, accept that um, his, his later deity, uh, uh, Nachi, told him that, that he himself would appear as um, Vallabhacharya's son Vital Nath. And so he was, uh, he, uh, he's also known as uh, Gosainji. And he's kind of the the uh, main um, uh, main uh, 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 branch, I, I guess you could say, the main branch of this sub branch of the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya. Um, he wrote um, he wrote quite prolifically, as you might expect of someone as scholarly as he. Um, and uh, the main three main written works that I just wanted to mention were his Anubhashya or Brahmasutra Anubhashya, his uh, four books of commentaries on the Vedanta Sutra, his commentary on the Bhagavatam called Subodhini, um, of which we only have the first, second, third, and tenth cantos available. And then um, 16 short verse type con compositions um, to teach his followers about devotional life called Shodasha Granta, which means 16 books. Um, he and his, so I mentioned that he um, sort of established a sub-branch of the Sampradaya called the Pushti Marg. And this is the current, um, the current expression, as far as we know, of the uh, Rudra Sampradaya um, in the modern age. And he took a little different tack um, from uh, Vishnu Swami's teachings in a way perhaps somewhat similar to Lord Chaitanya, who we accept as having appeared, um, in, uh, although that's a subject of discussion, um, in the uh, Brahma Sampradaya. And, um, and uh, teaches uh, you know his teachings are a little different um, from the from the Madhva Sampradaya, the, uh, the the original Brahma Sampradaya. Pushti means uh, nourishing, so he called his uh, he calls his his path the Pushti Marg. I believe even in Vishnu Swami they called it Pushti Marg. It was the nourishing path. They refer to themselves as the path of grace. So sometimes you hear Westerners thinking Pushti Marg means the path of grace, um, but actually Pushti means um, nourishment, just as we see in um, a Bhagavatam verse that describes how bhakti works. Tushti Pushti Kshura Paya, three things happen at once and progressively as we engage in bhakti, just as um, 
Tushti, Pushti, and Kshudapaya appear, uh, happen simultaneously and progressively as we eat a meal. So Tushti means pleasure, Pushti means nourishment, and Kshudapaya means uh, relief from hunger. So, um, so this Pushti Marg, and, and it's quite popular. We see the Pushti Marg, especially in Rajasthan and Gujarat and in the Vrindavan area. Um, their big center of worship is, as we'll see, in Natwar, which is in Rajasthan, which is where their main deity, Sri Nachi, with whom, whom we also have a very strong connection and with whom we very strongly identify. There's a whole, um, how, how might you say it gently, vigorous discussion um, between Pushtimar devotees and Gaudiya devotees over this deity. And I'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Um, at the end of his life, he accepted sannyas um, on Sri Natji's instruction, just as he married um, uh, on the Lord's instruction, he accepted sannyas on the Lord's instruction. He didn't do this on his own. He went to Banaras, lived on the bank of the Ganges, and he disappeared in 1531 at the age of 52 um, by um, actually devotees and his family, even, even though he had accepted sannyas, they all gathered um, for a last meeting with him. And then he entered the Ganges. And uh, the devotees described that there was a kind of like, like a flame that arose um, from the river um, as, uh, as uh, Vallabhacharya immersed himself for the last time in, in, in the Ganga. Uh, we also know that he had um, considerable contact with Lord Chaitanya and his followers um, at times. And I want to read a little bit from just one passage in, in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita because it includes a purport where Srila Prabhupada also gives um, some information um, about Vallabhacharya. It'll be in the 19th chapter of the um, Madhya Leela. But we know, you know, we know that he um, approached Lord Chaitanya and um, wanted to share with him his, um, his Brahma Sutra Anubhashya. Um, but because um, uh, Vallabhacharya um, was often, he often expressed um, some pride in his accomplishments when he um, introduced uh, this uh, bhashya, this uh, Vedanta Sutra bhashya that he wanted to share with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He apparently, in, according to Chaitanya Charitamrita, boasted that it was um, better even than Sridhar Swamis, which is an interesting claim to have made because Sridhar Swami was uh, one of his predecessor acharyas. And um, Lord Chaitanya didn't appreciate that very well. And he, he rebuked him in rather strong terms, implying that that was a little, um, I think the term that devotees like to use nowadays sometimes is unchaste. Um, he said that uh, it's a, a chaste wife does not give up her swami, her, her un, which is also uh, a word for husband. And um, uh, Vallabhacharya was not very happy about that, but he eventually, he later um, approached uh, Gadadhar Pandit and received instruction in um, uh, worshiping Krishna in Madhurya Rasa. Uh, and uh, got a uh, Krishna mantra from him. I'm not sure which mantra. We might guess the Gopal mantra or the Kama Gayatri, um, but we don't uh, we we don't uh, know that um, for certain. Um, there was something else that came to my mind, and it has just escaped me. Um, as I mentioned also, um, there was something, it was, oh, it was, it was about their worship. Generally, the Pushti Marg, the main mood of the Pushti Marg is, um, is the Vatsalya Bhava, 
Um, the uh, predominantly the mood is one of uh, guardianship of Krishna, like a parent. So they have a very strong parental mood. And the deity that the Pushti Mark devotees worship in their homes, and the worship in the Pushti Mark is not centered on temples. It's centered on, on, uh, on the home. And, and it's in the homes that, um, that the uh, Pushti Mark devotees um, you know, uh, engage in their worship of Krishna. And quite often, generally, their deities will be uh, uh, Bal Gopal, or those little baby Krishna deities. Um, that uh, There was a, a period when they became very popular. I think when many of us started having children uh, back in the 70s and maybe early 80s, and a lot of us found ourselves with little Bal Gopal deities on our um, on our altars, um, uh, perhaps with our kids in mind, that here's a deity that they can worship um, as well. Uh, so this is their this is their main thread, and just as the two uh, windows of opportunity that are generally identified with the Gaudiya Sampradaya are. Um, uh, Sakya Rati and Madhurya Rati. So the main window of opportunity that we identify with the uh, Pushti Marg is Vatsalya Rati, or parental love for Krishna. However, and perhaps because of the influence of, of our Gadadhar Pandit, um, who is our one of among our worshipable deities here in Honolulu, at, at the temple in Honolulu, um, installed as the Panchatattva, part of the Panchatattva by Srila Prabhupada back in 1972. Um, perhaps because of his um, having gotten initiation into Madhurya Rasa from uh, Gadadhar Pandit, there's also a strain of, of uh, Madhurya Rati, and uh, they have a little different mood. Um, I think that their mood is perhaps a little more like uh, the right-wing gopis following Chandravali. Um, and their uh, center of worship would be, I think, the bank of the Jamuna rather than, uh, you know, the, where the, the Rasastali, where, where uh, uh, you know, that we see as sort of the center of our universe. Um, but we also know that there are other more modern intersections between, you know, places where the Pushti Marg and the Gaudiya uh, uh, Sampradaya meet. One is in our Srila Prabhupada. When Srila Prabhupada um, felt that um, it was his guru's desire that he go to the West in order to teach Krishna consciousness to the English speaking people. That was the instruction that he was given at the beginning of his life, I mean, beginning of his life with Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati at their first meeting, and repeated uh, again as a suggestion um, at the end of his Guru Maharaja's um, uh, presence among us. Um, he felt um, very uh, strongly the need to satisfy this. He took this suggestion um, on his head as an order and, and, and uh, felt compelled to carry it out um, by any means. So uh, we know that uh, in the mid 60s, he approached uh, Sumati Morarji, who at that time was the head of a very large steamship line, the Skindia steamship line out of uh, Bombay. And he approached her offices, um, uh, hoping to convince Mrs. Morarji, who was herself a Pushtimarg devotee. Her family uh, had been Pushtimarg devotees for many, many generations. So she was also a devotee of Krishna. So on that common basis, Srila uh, Prabhupada um, made his appeal to Mrs. Morarji, she didn't think it was a very good idea considering his age and what they understood of the conditions in, um, in the United States at the time. 
um, especially he was talking about going to New York City. And that is um, actually uh, a desire that he had following his own spiritual master. Srila Sridhar Maharaj has told us that uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur had on a couple of occasions expressed a desire that if he'd had another 10 years to live, he would like to have spent them in New York City because he felt this was, um, had this, this had overtaken London, I guess, as the um, most important city in the world. So, um, Srila Sridhar Maharaj opined um, on one occasion that um, that our Srila Prabhupada, Swami Maharaj, had given um, their Srila Prabhupada, uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, those 10 years and, and a couple more as perhaps as a sort of bonus. So eventually, um, apparently by doing something like a sit-in strike outside Mrs. Moraji's offices, he eventually got uh, a meeting with her. And uh, um, she tells us herself, there's a, a video of her being interviewed about this, and she uh, is quite blunt about her response to Srila Prabhupada's um, proposal. And so she said that she responded with something like, what are you, crazy, you old man? Um, it's cold there and there's nothing to eat. You'll just die there. Nobody there has any interest and you'll just die there. But Srila Prabhupada was able to wear her down and it's very much to her credit and to the credit of the entire Pushti Marg that, um, that she was actually the person who made it possible for Srila Prabhupada to um, get passage um, to the West. And of course, we have more recent um, um, intersections with the Pushti Marg. Um, uh, many of the, because um, their practice includes Kirtan, uh, the Navanga Bhakti is their, um, you know, is their thing. Um, their practice includes kirtan. And so um, one of their more prominent um, devotees in the West, actually a Western devotee who became a sort of teacher in the Pushti Marg, a gentleman named Shamdas, with whom I became friends in the, the 90s. Um, uh, he engaged in kirtan with a Gaudiya Vaishnavas, and they engaged in kirtan with him. Um, so he became very famous as a kirtaniya, probably one of the m most famous of the kirtaniyas until his um, untimely um, death in, um, oh, what's that town? Anyway, that town on the coast, that nice little resort town. Um, uh, a few years ago, which came as a shock uh, to so many. I mean, it was a huge shock to so many of us because Shamdas was such a vigorous person and a vigorous proponent of kirtan. And and even though their mood may be a little different, he you could often hear him um, uh, chanting in kirtan and sometimes for minutes at a time, Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe. Um, so we have these, um, these uh, more recent connections as well, very strong connections uh, with the Pushti Marg. Um, the ancient connection would be, would include their worship. Um, oh, I'm going to skip ahead here. Would be their worship of Sri Nachi. Now, the Pushti Marg's hagiography tells us that um, Balabacharya discussed, uh, discovered uh, the deity of Sri Nachi at Govardhan and uh, took him under his care and began to worship him um, uh, on Govardhan. This is the same deity that we say um, was discovered by Madhavendrapuri at Govardhan and that um, Madhavendrapuri, we see in Chaitanya Chaitamrita, Madhavendrapuri established um, the worship of, of this, his Gopal deity um, on the um, on, on the Govardhan hill, and um, because of the harassment by the Muslims 
um, in following years, um, Srinachi or Gopal uh, was moved to Rajasthan. And there are interesting stories, um, uh, diverging accounts um, of the worship of this deity, um, sometimes in combination, for, for at least for some time, uh, jointly by the Gaudiyas and, and the Pushtimarg devotees. Um, one thing I heard from Shamdas was that the Pushtimarg devotees objected to the um, Gaudiyas because they were Bengalis, I guess, insistence on worshiping um, Gopal with uh, Shakti. Um, that, um, you know, they had to uh, also, you know, that was part of the, why the Pushtimar devotees um, uh, ended up um, somehow or other getting control uh, of, the, of the service to the deity before he was moved um, to Rajasthan. Uh, the Gaudiyas uh, probably have quite different stories about how all that came to pass. However it came to pass, Sri Nachi is now worshipped with great, uh, as Srila Prabhupada says, with great pomp at, um, at Natvar in Rajasthan. And um, I wanted to go back here to where this, this other connection that we see um, with, uh, uh, with the Pushti Marg and the Gaudiya uh, Stampradaya. And these are two verses in the second chapter of the uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, where Srila Rupa Goswami uh, acknowledges Vallabhacharya um, as a practitioner of Krishna Bhakti. So um, in text 269 in that second chapter, that second chapter is um, the, uh, the chapter on sadhana bhakti. And it covers both Vaidhi sadhana bhakti and Raganuga sadhana bhakti. And so at the end of the section on Vaidhi sadhana bhakti, he says, uh, Rupa Goswami says, Shastroktaya Prabhalaya Tattan Marya Dayanvita Vaidhi Bhaktiryam Kaischan Maryada Marga Uchyate. Some persons call Vaidhi Bhakti the path of rules, Maryada Marga, since it is bound by strong limitation of the rules mentioned in the scriptures. So we uh, understand from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that um, the qualifications for engaging in Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti include strong faith in the instructions of the scriptures and the spiritual master. And um, that the motivation is also uh, that, uh, that, that uh, uh, desire to satisfy the instructions of the guru um, and the shastras. And then um, later in text 309, uh, at the end of the section on Raganuga Sadhana Bhakti, he says, Krishna tad bhakta karunya matra labhai kahetuka pushti margataya kaischit iam raganugochite. The mercy of Krishna and his devotees is the only cause of attaining raganuga bhakti. Some call this type of devotion, raganuga bhakti, pushti marg. So, uh, Balabhacharya. Um, felt that the um, emphasis on um, following the injunctions of the Shastras uh, could serve as an impediment to, uh, you know, awakening the kind of love for Krishna, the kind of natural love for Krishna uh, that he wanted his followers um, to have. So hmm, I was going to read um, one of the pastimes where uh, Lord Chaitanya and Vallabhacharya met, but I think um, because it's already 6.30 here in Hawaii, I can only read the purport of the first verse. So um, I want, I think I'll go back to Sri Nachi or our Gopal here as I read this. 
So this is in the 19th chapter, and this is the Srila Prabhupada's purport to text 61. Uh, the verse says, at that time, Sri Vallabhapata was staying at Adailagram, and when he heard that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had arrived, he went to his place to see him. And Srila Prabhupada writes, Vallabhapata was a great learned scholar of Vaishnavism. In the beginning, he was very much devoted to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But since he thought that he could not re receive proper respect from him, he later joined the Vishnu Swami sect and became an Acharya of that sect. Now, we can note that in those days, there was considerable movement um, uh, by devotees among uh, the different um, groups of, of, of teachers. We know that later, um, Baladev Vidyabhushana, um, who um, had been um, uh, following, a uh, following a different sampradaya, uh, when he came in contact with the Gaudias in Puri, he uh, actually became, he actually uh, essentially took um, uh, them as his shiksha gurus. So although he came uh, from a different lineage, um, we accept him as a, uh, an acharya in our lineage, even though he might have received his initiation, original initiation elsewhere. This Sampradaya has had great influence in Vrindavan near Gokula and in Bombay. So they're particularly influent, they, you know, because of that parental mood, um, their main temple, um, uh, Sri Nachi's temple in, in uh, Natwar, uh, is, it's actually uh, a Haveli, or it's the kind of palatial household uh, of the uh, descendants uh, of Gosainji or um, uh, Vitalnat, uh, one of the sons of, of Vallabhacharya. And it's rather palatial, but it's, you know, they're not so much into temple worship, but they do have this one center, which is a kind of a big place of pilgrimage. Um, but they also are very active because of that. They're also very active in Gokula, especially around Nandagram, I would guess. Um, Balaba Bhatta wrote many books, including a commentary on uh, Srimad Bhagavatam called Subodhanitika and notes on Vedanta Sutra in the form of an Anubhashya. He also wrote a combination of 16 short works called Shodashagranta. The village where he was staying at Ailagram or Adeligram was near the confluence of the rivers Ganges and Jamuna on the other side of the Yamuna from Prayag, about a mile from the river. A temple of Lord Vishnu there still belongs to the Vallabhasampradaya. Vallabhapata was originally from a place in southern India called Trilanga. And then he goes into the, the apparently drawing from, um, from uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati's commentary on the um, uh, uh, oh, on, on the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, so he says that his father was Lakshman Bhattikshita and uh, there are a couple of different opinions about uh, where Vallabha was born. It says, after studying for 11 years at Varanasi, Vallabhacharya returned home. On his return, he heard that his father had departed from the material world. Keeping his brother and mother at home, he went to the banks of the Tungabhadra to a village called Vidyanagara, where he enlightened Krishnadev, the grandson of the king, uh, of king Bukharaja. And then he traveled, he had two sons, Gopinath and Vitalnath or Vitaleshwara, and accepted sannyas in his old age and passed away in, uh, here it says 1452 Shakabda era or 1530. I think we have 1531. I probably got that date from Wikipedia or something. And uh, passed away from the material world at, uh, at Varanasi. So, um, so we can see that there's actually um, uh, 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 
we can actually identify a number of very strong connections between the uh, Gaudiya Sampradaya, the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, and the Pushtimart Vaishnavas, and that in many ways um, they're very similar. Um, and so it's not hard to understand that uh, many of us may be able uh, to enjoy hearing Srimad Bhagavatam together or engaging in Nam Sankirtan um, together. Uh, shouldn't be um, a very, uh, a very uh, great surprise um, because, um, you know, there's no, there really isn't, um, although, although sometimes it may feel like it, there really shouldn't be uh, much of a sense of rivalry. Instead, I think um, uh, a sense of kinship um, among all the four sampradayas is, is something that we should um, try to envision. Okay. And it occurs to me uh, that as I want to end here, I want to open things up. I think I forgot to make it impossible for people to mute themselves. But uh, right now I want to make sure. Oh dear. I want to make sure that we, that we have um, an opportunity for devotees. Um, to engage in any discussion, and I'm having a hard time finding my Zoom panel here. So that I can allow people to unmute themselves. I am, I find myself quite lost here for a moment. Oh, that's not what I want. Um, okay, so. Uh, that's not at all what I want. Um, well, let me let's see if it works. I I because I didn't. Um, oh, I hear I see a mute all. Oh, I've or I, I didn't uncheck allow participants to unmute themselves. So you should be able to unmute yourselves. Um, if you have any questions or comments or reflections that you'd like to share with the rest of us before we adjourn. Anyone? Um, I have one. Uh, maybe I, if I can ask a question, very oh much. Okay. Kuruvakia, are you trying to say something? I can't. If 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 you allow me, it's yeah. And a question. I have a wrong setting somewhere. Um, hmm. uh, participants to okay well either I've done something oh here we go I can see everything again I don't know how that happened
didn't. Okay, I guess nothing's happening. Okay, so um, with a lot of gratitude, um, I, I guess this is a good time for us to adjourn. And um, I'll see you folks back next uh, week, next when, uh, next Tuesday, uh, early morning, my time. And uh, we'll discuss the uh, Sampradaya coming from Lakshmi, the goddess of fortune, known as the Sri Sampradaya or the Ramanuja Sampradaya. Thank you so much. And I apologize for the technical glitch here at the end. I really would love to have heard from um, any and all of you. Uh, Hare Krishna. Hey, Bob, thank you very much. Oh, now I hear people. <laughs>